0: This might ruin my career. You're numb to your own knowledge. That's
1: new. I've never heard that one. Like,
0: fuck the college degree. You created a social media page so strong that the biggest superstar in the world invited you to her house?
1: I want to know if this was strategic.
0: Oh, that's strategic. Yeah. And that actually started as a LinkedIn post. I have these things that I call like engagement bait. or like, oh, I've never heard this before. Let's
1: talk about that. So, Courtney, welcome to the show. Thanks for hopping on the podcast. You know, your content, I feel like it's been popping up all over my For You page, and I've just resonated with it. There were two specifically. There There was the Naval one. And then there was the one: Why brands suck on social media. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the intro. The the hook here was was fantastic. So, some 13 year old kid from Ohio with nothing more than an iPhone six and a seventh grade education is going viral on social media, while your 46 year old MBA educated strategic marketing media advisor slash advertising industry executive can's winner can't crack 100 views. Let's talk about that.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so funny because I. I always iterate on my content and that actually started as a LinkedIn post I posted like 5 years ago and I've just like kind of made the hook a little bit more and more engaging and finally I'll like all right this it hits every time I'm like I got I got to film this as a a TikTok but I, I it came out of frustration like I I think I am from the agency world and you know have been both agency and in-house and I just always had this frustration especially with like marketing directors and CMOs because I'm like why the fuck are you not getting it? Like, you clearly are not consuming social media and being the person that's in charge of a brand social media as the social media manager the director or coming on as a social media consultant, it is so hard to get across to higher ups or people that like kind of have this clout in the industry that aren't actually spending time on social media. And so that was my way of like trying to like beat it over their heads and be like, what the fuck are you thinking? Like time to actually like engage yourself in the platform in order to understand it.
1: I was having the same conversation with a friend. Social media is like a volume game and it's an experimentation game. And each time like their mindset is not to put it out and like test their mindset is like to put it out in the be a TV commercial and that just doesn't hit on social media.
0: Yeah, ex- exactly. It's it's funny cuz most of the brands that I work with or have worked with will show me like individual personal brand accounts and be like, "Oh, we really like this account. We really like that account." And it's just no no one's excited to consume a B2B SaaS companies like Next Tweet. Like nobody's excited to consume brand content because it's so detached. So even though they come to me and they're like, oh, we really are inspired by this personal brand creator. They want you to, the only part they want you to take from that is that they have a lot of followers and engagement, but they don't want you to follow that strategy at all, which I think is totally detached from reality.
1: And the creator too, What the magic behind them is they're following their creative impulse where they had that spark of an idea when they were standing in line for their their uh, smoothie bowl and then got the smoothie bowl went out sat in their car put the camera on and started talking <laughs> and like they didn't have to send this idea with a perfect presentation send it to 10 people <laughs> you know like there's that there's that magic that i think i think people are getting and because of the type of content that you're making i think brands are starting to get it i'm seeing more like ugc ads more partnerships where people are like yeah iphone send it make it look and feel raw make it look and feel native but there's still a lot of people just moving really slow on these types of things
0: yeah i i was working with a perfume brand recently and i'm not even really a perfume person but they wanted to work with me and um hold on did i cut out okay i'm back um you're good I was working with a perfume brand recently, and they wanted to give me this script, they wanted me to read why their perfume is awesome, and I was like, actually, that's not going to work, but I do have this cheat code around every time I put a perfume on or put a candle on, I say an affirmation, so it, like, comes back to me as I smell it throughout the day. Can I do a video talking about my affirmation hack and just happen to be holding your perfume as, like, a product placement instead of totally like being like the notes of this perfume because people don't care like they don't care they want what's in it for them they don't want you to be selling to them and so i think that there's yeah like you're saying there's a lot more organically integrated brands and i think that's only going to like continue to grow more and more
1: and and do you so when you did that video was that like an influencer post or like a UGC for their their account
0: that was uh me working with them as an influencer so posting it on my account
1: are you also working with brands as like a, a strategic? Advisor, executive, MBA-educated marketing. <laughs> do you work in that capacity too? Like, because it, some of your your content. Le- like that's the understanding that I got.
0: Yeah, yeah, I do. I'm. Uh, I work as a social media consultant for brands. But my sweet spot, what I really like is being a social media consultant, ghostwriter, manager for personal brands. Because again, yep. the personal brand is where you can, more brand. Fun. <laughs> yeah, you can teach someone and train someone to like honor those downloads they're getting at the smoothie shop and like teach them and train them how to refine their content where there's just more openness from individuals. Even if I am working on a brand, I'm still going to try to at least give a recommendation of let's get the founder on here. Let's get personal stories. But I think human centered social media is so lacking. People don't care about your product, but maybe the story about how the founder, you know, and getting your audience involved in the mistakes that they've been through, like that's what people want. That's actually helpful.
1: You are correct. Uh, and that's funny too. The, uh, that's one thing. Cause I wrote down this couple notes. I, I, I kind of geek out when I see a new creator. Because like there's that that period when you see a new creator and it's like it's all fresh like it's like you're seeing it for the first time and you can kind of observe like their unique angle uh, how they film on camera like just their tonality their pacing of how they talk like I I, I just love that stuff um, the one thing that the, <laughs> so there's what what one thing I wrote down when I was like kind of looking at your content it it was it was like I think this is one aspect there's a lot of aspects why your content's working obviously uh but like ai like no one could put your scripts or your talking points into an ai generator and be like give me these five points like you know they're all like your whole problematic career cho- uh, co- uh, career cheat code series no ai could spit that spit that out and i that's i think that's why it's, your content is so refreshing
0: yeah i try to talk about the things that people aren't talking about, or maybe something somebody innately knows, but has never heard it or seen it verbalized. And that's where you're right. I don't think an AI could spit that out because it's not common, commonly talked about. So I really. And it's
1: experience driven, like it's from your personal experience.
0: Exactly. Exactly. But I, I, just really deeply care about like access to information and cutting the bullshit, like getting straight to the point, giving people the access to the information. And where AI is pulling from is like articles and Google and whatever and all of this. They don't even have that information, right? So again, that's kind of going back to what you're saying about like honoring these downloads and like speaking from the heart in your own experience, because I do think the landscape is getting more competitive with AI. So if you can even be like an iota interesting in any way, you're going to stand out. Um, and I think that's great for creators. Like the competition is good, but it's, it's just going to be so much easier if you can insert your personality or your unique perspective rather than trying to refine it or make it perfect.
1: Yeah. It's an incredible point. I also noted the fact that you're able to cover multiple different areas. So you're not only on one side, you're making this content for you Know problematic career cheat codes for someone that is like more in a corporate setting. Then you're saying, Hey, brands, you should be this is how you should work with creators. Then you're sharing your personal insights around like Naval and like the content that you're consuming yourself. Uh, I, I that, that kind of opened up my mind because sometimes I, I, um with my own kind of like, Oh, I can only talk about these things. No, you could you could you can share a little angle of all of it,
0: absolutely. I always say, In order to be interesting, you have to be interested. And so I don't believe in niches. I do find value in, you know, creating a strategic content plan. I definitely do that, too. But when it comes to a niche, I think your niche is just what you're really interested in, because I didn't even start talking about that on TikTok. I started talking about everything I'm interested in, including how I have a side hustle as an Airbnb host and how I do yoga and what I like around Austin. And people really didn't care about that stuff. But what did hit was career and entrepreneurship and what I'm learning. So if I would have stuck to one niche and been like, I can only talk about Airbnb and I can't expand beyond this and whatever, that's going to go outside my niche, confuse my audience. I would have missed all of these opportunities that are coming from me talking about my career. And you're numb to your own knowledge. Like I kind of thought a lot of this career advice was obvious until I put it out. People are like, oh, I've never heard this before. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm glad I tested it out and didn't say
1: that again. You're you're numb to your
0: you're numb to your own knowledge.
1: Yeah, that's so true. You're numb to your own strengths too, sometimes where it's like, you're good. You've always been good at it. So it's just natural to you. You're just like, oh, like this is just the way people operate. Um, but then you realize like, oh, there's a market for this. I can charge for this. I I should lean into this if I'm enjoying this too. So the, the, the problematic career cheat codes, I'm curious about that series because I love the idea of A content series I've been experimenting with like trying to figure out like what my content series would be Uh, but I'm curious how this did you go into this thinking I'm gonna have this as an ongoing series or were you just testing formats the first one happened to hit and you're like oh there's more where that came from
0: yeah I did not go into it with a series I had it written in my notes app as like a LinkedIn blog post maybe a year or two ago, was too scared to put on on LinkedIn. because I'm like, that's a little too much. Um, But I, yeah, it it started hitting and people were asking for more content and asking questions. And I don't go into any content series thinking it's going to be a content series. I post, I experiment. And if something does take off and if there's a lot of curiosity, then I'll create that and build it into a content Mm -hmm. series.
1: And then a lot of it, you said it started as a LinkedIn post or is a lot of your content uh, are you like writing them out first? Most of as, the content yeah.
0: is yeah written blog post or written like short form on on LinkedIn.
1: Do you t- always test by publishing it in written form first, or some of the times you're just writing it for short form, and you make it a short form video, or you you write it and then you're like, all right, I'll make the video version where I'm talking talking to my. Okay. I, I like to nerd out about this stuff. I told you that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. I find it. I find process extremely interesting. The reason why I use LinkedIn as my original platform is just because I've been on there for five years. I posted like every week for the last five years. So I have a lot of content to pull from and a lot of content that I can repurpose on other platforms. So what I do is just, I find my outliers. So I analyze my top performing posts from LinkedIn and that's the content that I'm going to use as script and put out on other platforms and test in different ways. Yeah. So it's like my litmus test.
1: I love that. LinkedIn is like the 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 testing area, and then you kind of TikTokify it from there. And like, okay, how can I make this? And then, so you had this post to say prob- problematic problematic career cheat codes. Is it? how are you thinking about like the because everyone talks about the hook I, I i sometimes like i get mad as a creator i'm like i'm not even gonna think about the hook i'm just gonna make videos the way i want and then usually those videos don't work <laughs> um so i'm curious when you're thinking of that blog post are you just saying how are you then crafting like the first five to ten seconds is it getting people's attention in those first five seconds or are you just kind of going based on what what the blog post was
0: so i try to think ahead of what hate comments i'm gonna get and i make a headline to, or a hook to trigger any hate comments, like trigger them even more. Interesting. So I have, I posted about, you know, a super viral, about got like seven, eight million views uh, about my house. And I knew that if I said the word randomly bought a house rather than bought a house it would trigger people because I have a very beautiful house that I bought and I know people i thinking ahead I'm like people are going to be in the comments being like wow. oh you're probably a nepo baby you're probably a sugar baby you're oh.
1: probably spoiled
0: brat so I'm like how can I trigger that even though that's not a true thing I knew that they were going to come in how can I trigger that ahead of time so for my problematic career cheat codes I think my hook was something around like I'm probably gonna get canceled for this. This might ruin my career because I knew people would be in the comments like, I can't believe you're saying this out loud. This will ruin your career. You know, you suck, whatever. And so I just agitate whatever um, resistance I I know I'm gonna get.
1: That's good stuff. That's (laughs) new. I've never heard that one.
0: (laughs) I think a lot of people try to run away from the trolls or the haters, but they're a huge asset. They can help blow up your video. You get people arguing in the comments like there's no viral video where people aren't arguing in the comments and talking shit. So you can learn to leverage the the trolls. That's that's yeah,
1: that's a great mindset. I really I, I, I really like that outlook. It's also a bit empowering, too, where a lot of people are like, I'm afraid of that. But like you're saying, nah, like that's an asset. Lean into it.
0: Absolutely. And I just tell I gaslight myself and I tell myself they're all bots. They're probably not all bots, but I'm like, oh, that's just a bot. So yeah,
1: or they're like, yeah, yeah, no, no, that, that, it's, you kind of have to do that, and, and uh, I think, I forget who it was, because I remember before I was uh, kind of posting more consistently, I was working more behind the scenes with brands, with creators, being, like, more of, like, a consultant, right-hand man type guy, and then uh, uh, I was always afraid to kind of, like, post myself, because, I think, like, I wouldn't say it out loud, but yeah, the comments were, you know, just, like, anyone can just... Throw their judgment at you, and like, I don't like that feeling. Um, and I think I forget who it was. Vermeet uh, Seti, I think he said, because he he leans into the, the trolls too. I don't know if you know him; he's like the financial guy. Yeah, he said he said my mindset is like I don't wish for the comments to go away. I wish for me to get stronger, and that was cool. It was like something that he can control. He's like whatever, like, I know who I'm trying to serve and who I'm trying to reach, so I need to get stronger in my fortitude for my belief in this content.
0: I, I think also, I just tell myself, like, if I was in their situation and grew up in their family and their city and had all of their upbringing, I would say the exact same thing they're saying, right?
1: Also true. Also true. Yeah, yeah. have, have empathy for it, you know, you know maybe, uh, yeah, may, yeah, and then appreciate, like, your outlook on the world and how you've gotten to this point. Uh, can, can we lean into a couple of the uh, career cheat codes? Yeah. The audience for this show, it's it's I'd say it's a good amount of. There's full time creators, there's part time creators, there's there's creatives that are like more freelancers behind the scenes. There's people working at jobs and doing part you know part time. Like there's people like, and, and I honestly think I don't know how you you feel about it, but I think you'll see more part time we where like creating is like. Is like you said in the one thing, have a side hustle where it's it's like people don't even want to go full time. They like a little bit of security with that, that that paycheck, but they also want it's like starting a business on the side where normally you would go start like a, a you know you would ins- you would install pools in the summer if you were a teacher. Now you you make content on the internet and like you know teach your ideas, right? Um, I don't know wh- why I thought of that example, but <laughs> uh, so the, the, I really like the one. So the one video you talk specifically towards early in your career so work for smaller companies instead of larger companies that's something i agree with can you can you expand on that as yeah
0: so i'm i'm in the marketing space and i know you are so this is true to marketing i yes people will be like oh so does this work in finance i'm like bro i don't know i've never been in finance yeah. be like does that, this work let's in caveat Germany? Yeah. Well, yeah.
1: I don't yeah 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 let's caveat that uh marketing creative communication spaces,
0: (laughs) that's that's exactly what I've been in marketing, communication, like journalism, film, TV, all of that. So, um, yeah, working at smaller, I, I started off at small advertising agencies, like 15, 20 people. And it was a lot easier for me to take on bigger projects, become a manager, um, lead an account rather than just being a small person on an account. And I, I just see, when people start at really, really big massive corporations, the deadness in their eyes, like they don't, it's a lot harder and you get paid shittier often working at smaller companies, but you learn to hustle and you learn to grind and you're not like babied into this one task that you're checked up on, that you did it. Like you really have to develop an entrepreneurial mindset if you're working at a small company or a startup. And I know that sucks and I know that's messy, but it really does help for the future.
1: Your ideas have more of a potential, like, impact on the company that then you can flex on your resume
0: (laughs) definitely that that's huge yeah like if you're working at a small company and even something so small let's say you want to help plan the holiday party whatever you can't do that at a giant corporation They're like well you have to go through the HR team that runs the holiday gifting blah 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 like if you're at a small company anything you want to do maybe you're not gonna be able to do it but you're at least gonna be heard like maybe you want to pitch something to a client maybe you can't pitch to the client but they're going to talk you through it and why they're saying no to you we're at a big company there's not even an option to even ask or even present they're going to turn you down immediately
1: and bigger companies are i think is this the right am i using risk adverse more risk adverse yeah where yeah that i'm using that right um where you know you might have this really cool idea for the company but like it has to the same way we talk about like you know them working with the social media team you pitch an idea i want to do this cool thing now it has to go through like 10 people that like to eventually get the check cut and then if you get a big check cut to put this in motion now you have all these people watching closely on like the success of this and like the or they're they're yeah, they just don't even want to risk that because like there's a lot more to lose because they're a big company. But um, there's a lot more upside for taking risks as a smaller company.
0: Definitely. I I encourage anyone early in their career or even if you just haven't worked at a smaller company or a startup, do that sometime. Like and if you can't, if for some reason you can't make a friend, make friends with a startup owner, make friends with your friend that's running a farmer's market booth and just like help out for a day try to get your hands in the weeds of something small, something that somebody is creating rather than this big established thing that can make all the difference in your career because it really shifts your perspective.
1: Your second one here is, or on this list, is all internships should be actual experience. So if you, I'm gonna gonna, gonna compliment that with something too, is like all, because the next one is about side hustles, all side hustles should be actual experience too. And there's this kind of theory I have around like, you know, I feel like a lot of people I know go to college for no clue what they want to go to school for. But you still have a lot of free time that you realize you don't have in college. And I encourage people. I don't know if they listen because I don't know if I would have listened, but to like take on. Side project, like get two or three buddies, take on a side project. Like you said, whether it's like, hey, I'm going to start a weekly farmers market on campus, or I'm going to throw a concert in three months and I'm going to do it with the like, that's all experience that you can add on your resume. And that's so much cooler than like, oh, I got this little internship, <laughs> like that, like anyone else could have got. I don't, okay. You, I, it's Absolutely. not a question I'm just kind of complimenting
0: yeah for sure I, I actually hired somebody once because she started a Taylor Swift fan page in high school I don't think she went yep. to college she started a Taylor Swift fan page in high school the fan page was so successful that Taylor Swift like flew her out to New York to sit down with her and thank her and the whole she created these community gatherings but she didn't have a college degree and I'm like fuck the college degree you created a social media page so strong that the biggest superstar in the world invited you to her house like fuck yes that is insane and she was like I didn't even know if I should put that on my resume I'm like what that's
1: the first thing that should be the resume (laughs)
0: yes because that's someone that gets it like you get it you get that you can be creative and you're thinking you're not just going down this like boring ass path, but that is the type of stuff that's really cool. Or like you're saying, whether you like put on a party with your friends in college and you make some money or maybe you lose a shit ton of money, like fail early and fail often.
1: And it's all positioning too. It, it, it's it's how you talk about that. Like I used to shoot music videos and then, you know, for my s- silly little like group where we're trying to make people laugh. And I, and I was just like, wait, like I'm, I was, basically directing all those videos I was writing all of them I was producing them and then I realized I had these skill sets they're marketable skill sets that then I could people could pay me for and I just how to like position them is key so play around with like all of your experience um if you're the captain of your football team right and like yeah I don't know like just, just like there's ways to word that uh that look good to to people that actually get it
0: Definitely. I I think any way you can add that in is positive. I, I was like, I did the scoreboard at soccer games in college. And I think I put that on there as like, I was a, you know, media, something controlling (laughs) the advertising. I don't even know how I exaggerated it, but really anything can be, um, can, can be experienced.
1: Yeah. You know, what's funny. I, um, I heard someone, you know how I said content series Mm -hmm. at the beginning here, About this series,
0: Mm -hmm. this
1: particular series we're even talking about. I heard someone call like a content series a content franchise once, and she was in the advertising industry, and I was like, that sounds so much more valuable to a brand, calling it a content franchise, and it's it's all about positioning. Same thing, but like now, hey, do you want to um partner with my content franchise?
0: I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take that that word. That's that's a really good way of positioning because it it really is like a franchise and. I think that it's going to grow even more like content series, content franchises or whatever. It's going to grow even more because we have these things like Netflix or whatever where they're dropping a ton of episodes at once, right? And seasons of these episodes. And now people are doing that with podcasts. The next place that naturally goes is short-form video.
1: I have a I I'm going I want to make a video about this, but like I didn't I haven't made one yet um but so I'm bopping all around here. Like this is the nature of my, my conversations. I apologize. Um, but, uh, I have a theory that brands should actually start thinking more about sponsoring a format instead of sponsoring the creator. When you're looking for creators to work with, find the format, like your format, your franchise, your series that works. Find, you know, Emily Zuge, the girl that did the the logos and made her, that's a format sponsor the format because the, audience has already bought into that format the guy that responded to all the comments and he like reenacts them i forget his name sponsor the format like people have bought into that style of content so when you sponsor that they don't care because they like the format like they know the setup and the punchline so your format any brand sponsor courtney's format of problematic career cheat codes sponsor I, that format
0: i have a, a crazy story There was is a i'm not going to name names but it was a major major tech startup that's doing really well in like the AI space and the automation space. I've used them yep. for years. I like them um anyways they reached out and they were like we want to do a video with you whatever and i said yeah you would actually be perfect to plug into my problematic career cheat codes because i've already mentioned you i already organically used you i've already mentioned you several times and they were like no sorry because we like that's against our campaign that's not in our brand guidelines we can't do that so they made me record a shitty ass script that performed very poorly it didn't go out on my account thank god but i was like are you kidding me like that would have been so much they, you better you teed it up for them i know and they were they said uh, no they
1: I know. it was crazy i'm
0: like you guys are are insane this video is not going to perform well and it didn't perform well obviously so if, oh, if they are listening think, cheers
1: i know do, do i have a question do you think sometimes and like we you talked about having like empathy for people's situations when they um you know they're, they're putting negative comments I've thought about this angle too from like the brand's perspective because like when they're at a bigger brand, like people have jobs to protect. They're they're much, they'll sway way more to the side of like not looking bad in front of the CMO than like, because like the reward there for them is like, all right, if this creator does a million views but says something that is too spicy and then like my job's affected, like is it like almost too risky for some of these? But the problem is the brands that have a lot of money, (laughs) Are the bigger ones. <laughs> yeah. So it's just a challenge across the board. No,
0: I agree. And I try to have empathy for those social media managers that are influencer managers that are reporting to the marketing manager that reports to the yeah. CMO. Like, I get it. I just personally have never, in my former <laughs> time, I've never respected that. And I've been the crazy one. So that's why I say you should always have a side hustle because, like, truth of what actually is going to work. You're right. That's really hard. They could lose their job over it, but also like I don't know, you have to have something going on in the background because or something another stream of income because if it does come to a point where and this isn't even a big deal, whatever, but you're in your job and they're telling you to do things you know aren't is not going to work. That's soul-sucking. Like that is yeah, yeah. The definition Bounce. of selling your
1: soul. <laughs> yeah, and and honestly, if you do then have well, okay. Let's go into the side because that's the next point. The side hustle, and it also pairs well with the no- Naval Ravikant. Mm. The side, the side hustle, like especially in creative marketing spaces, I've learned more from my side quests than my main jobs. Right? Like I've learned more about social media that then I. It's like almost like I can go experiment on my time, and then bring what I'm learning back to the people I'm working with so that, that's that 's an upside for the people on work, work you know like your your day job right when you do a side hustle if it 's in in the content space two what you 're saying is you start to feel a little bit more confident where you 're the boss right you have the side hustle that comes from your brain you 're the boss, you make the decisions on it, you start to get some money, you start to make some impact, you start to feel more confident that shows up everywhere in your personal relationships in your job in the side hustle uh, and then Yeah. Yeah. So, and I didn't even go to the Naval part, but like comment on that. And then we'll go to the Naval part.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that is beautifully expressed. You're exactly right. It really builds your confidence. It really like puts you in, again, shifts your mindset of like, Oh, okay. Like I can do that. I can kind of like move this thing here and that moves. And for me, when I encourage people to have side hustles, it's really not even about money. It's the fact that you can make, make even $1, right? Like, I was so proud when my ebook made its first $10 because it's not hard to go from making $10 to making $100 through a service, through a thing that you're selling, whatever. But it's really fucking hard to go from $0 to $10 or $100 or whatever that first increment. That is the hardest part. But once you do that, again, there's a shift of like, oh shit, I did that on my own, like what else can I do? And that's really, really exciting. So the earlier you can do that in your career, I think what you're saying, the more confidence you have to push back and also to be like, okay, fuck you. I'm leaving. I'm going to another job if you want to.
1: Yeah. And, and uh, well, I, there's a lot of things I want to comment on about what you said. But as you were talking, I realized my – this podcast – my favorite thing about this podcast is uh, my uh, – one the excuse for me to connect with like-minded people, <laughs> um, so I'm glad that we're connecting here. But like I realized too, like my wife's a graphic designer too. Um, she's a, like a creative herself, and we we, we look around at like a lot of our friend groups, and like no one does even remotely close to like what we do. It like it's like feels like a lonely venture, <laughs> right? To start creating online, putting your ideas out there, the failure within the first hundred videos, then to that first dollar, and like. Even though when we go online, it seems like there's a lot of creators. When you go to the grocery store, none of those people are creators. You know, like like it's, it's the only way we're meeting. Uh, mostly, mostly when I meet creators, it's all it's online. It's like in the DMs. Um, and this is more like yo, we're we're here like just being like a. Uh, uh, What's the word? Um, not, not a place to vent, but like a place to just kind of like have your thoughts be validated as you're pursuing these goals of trying to make that first $1.
0: Definitely. I, th- and that is really special that you're creating that place for your audience because I, I couldn't agree more. Like I don't have people around me that are doing something similar. Uh, it's it's crazy. And you're right. It can be lonely. Um, but I think I, I think that just shows that you're like way fucking ahead of the game. Like it yeah. seems like it's saturated. It seems like there's so many, but it's way ahead of the game.
1: And and then to have like, like you know, as a creator, you know, especially when you're getting started. Like I, you know, I was thinking about your account when I was kind of like writing down notes, and I was like, it's so cool. Like I still think it's so cool I uh, that someone can just like, all right, one day I'm gonna I'm gonna start this account. I'm gonna start sharing my ideas. And like Naval, new wealth is created by code or media. And this is from your five lessons from the Ravikan video. New wealth is created from coder media, so if you can't code, you have to create media, books, content, etc, um, where like you can share this one idea once and it can connect with so many people and like move someone in like shift someone's mindset just a little bit that adds a little bit of value. Um, so I I think, that's, uh, I think that's something that you do really you're doing really well. Um, and then especially you did it in this five lessons from Naval Ravikant video. Um, so let's talk about that because that was a big shift in my, my like outlook to like how I created content as well. And you said that at the beginning of like, was it at what point in your content creating career, what what were the major shifts from the Naval Ravikant, like, uh, coming across his content? I I didn't word that well, but you're going to, you you will know 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 what to do.
0: (laughs) Um, yeah, I, I, the, the biggest shift was the the two things that you called out. If you can't code, create media, and I'm like, well, shit, yep. I can't code, I, and yes. I'm really good at creating media, so guess I'm gonna dive even deeper into this. Um, and then the second one is about leverage. The the yep. conversation around leverage was mind blowing to me because yes. I, I actually yes. I went through this book called The One Thing. If you haven't read it, definitely yep. recommend. But um, I realized that my one thing I should be focused on is creating as big top of funnel, as big audience as I can, because as I'm putting out these different products, it's just gonna make it easier and easier and easier. And that's where the concept of leverage comes in, where again, I have a book that's $10. If I have 150,000 followers right now, if I have 1.5 million followers right now, just by doing nothing, that's you know 10Xing my revenue on that book. And so audience sizes, huge um because there's no extra effort that goes into creating that thing and that was the shift once i understood that i'm like wow this skill that i thought was a silly skill whatever is actually really 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 powerful
1: the other ones you have here is if if you hate money or rich people you will be poor i think that's a great one I, i i remember feeling that way too it's like oh if you have money you must you must be like the the people in the movies you know in like uh but you know the way he frames it is like no it's just like it just helps create time freedom it's just people that were able to organize resources better than you were able to (laughs) you know it's like you know there are obviously people that uh, i I think a good example is like yeah there's a lot of rich people examples that are that are a a a-holes but then there's also a lot of poor people examples that are also a-holes but I have a theory that we just don't we're just not jealous of the poor people so they're not top of mind
0: <laughs> no that's so true and it's, it's just a tool right it's the same thing as like fame or like actual physical tools it's a tool and it depends yeah. on what you do with it and you can do positive things with it or things. you, can do, you yeah. can do negative things with it. I mean personal brand is a tool too you can you can spread love or you can like be mean to people. It's really, yeah. it's really up to you.
1: So th- then the next one here is set an aspir-, aspir aspirational aspirational rate and enforce it. I like that chat. Like when he said that, I think I ran that back um, multiple times on the on his podcast when he said that. Uh, set an aspirational rate and enforce it. So he said that like, yeah, before my rate was like, um, before I was worth this rate, I just decided my rate was worth like it was like. Was he say five thousand an yeah, hour he said or something? something insane. Yeah, he was like, so instead of like, I I started to realize like, if I bought something from Amazon and um, that if it would take me an hour to send back, it would be more affordable for me because of how high my rate is to just throw it out. <laughs> Like, I think that was an example. I don't know if he actually did that. But I was like, but like, he kind of was good at like painting that imagery of like, don't do things that are less than your rate.
0: Oh my gosh, that, the whole rate thing was why I started delegating and why I started taking it seriously. Like, oh oh shit, it's time for me to learn to delegate because anything I can do, my aspirational hourly rate right now is the actual rate I charge per hour, which is $250 an hour. um, Which I should up that for my aspirational. um, Yeah. Naval's words.
1: You but, should have charged me to be, a, listen, y'all, this is free episodes. She gave me the free 99 rate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it, it really did shift my mindset of like, oh shit, okay, well, this one thing, like my bookkeeping or my accounting or like rescheduling my posts, pulling my analytics, like I, that's not worth that much amount of money for me to do when I can outsource yeah. that for $20. Do,
1: now, do you have like a virtual assistant?
0: yeah i have a virtual assistant through a tool called time etc and it's really good they like hold your hand through it and really teach you how to delegate because i needed baby steps like it was terrifying for me what is it called time etc like time etc
1: when it comes to content i'm curious because like i'm at a point with the podcast where i'm like all right i really want to do the podcast i want to do shorts i want to do all these things but like in order to juggle all of it like i feel like i need help with the process like whether it's just like making clips from the show publishing them um, like is there any creative roles from time cetera or is it more is it more like what you said there's people
0: with every like specialty so you can yeah. have multiple people you can have someone with creative specialty with like accounting with spreadsheets with whatever you your niche is which is which is really cool which is why I use them i'll, okay. I'll send you my referral code i i okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. because i talk about them all the time they've definitely definitely helped me a lot
1: is it like one person you're working with or do they give you like different people per job? Do you like buy a bunch of hours up front in the month?
0: You subscribe. So I think it's like 300, 700 or 1200 a month. And then you can use unlimited people. I usually just use the same person, but you can.
1: Really? Like so has- I could start at like 300 a month and then get a lay of the land and scale up from there. Yeah. Cool. I- this is I- not an ad, y'all. <laughs> this is not an ad. I might take oh. this clip and send it to them. And it's say kind of I'm cutting it out unless you pay us. Oh
0: I wish I wish they would sponsor me. I've emailed them like a million times. I've like
1: I'll be your no. agent. I'm good. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll 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 figure it out. They, they
0: should sponsor the pod. Honestly, I think they're they're based in the UK, so they're not like super like America. We'll put them on.
1: This is this is actually a funny and interesting thing about the Naval Ravikant video. So the video comes out. It's like I forget I forget the hook. It was great. It was like this guy. What was it? I, wanna I think play. it was like,
0: this man has taught me more in my life than anyone else or something, but it was worded better. Yeah, I want to play it. This man has influenced my life more than any other person on the face of this earth. I started listening to his stuff eight months ago, and since then, I've bought a house. I've hit my first $30,000 month. I hit over a 100,000 TikTok followers, over 20,000 LinkedIn followers. I've been like fucking thriving because of Nivol. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: that was my favorite part but then you go into um fi- here are five um five lessons i've adopted from naval ravikant this is something i want to know if this was strategic there's only four.
0: Oh, that's strategic yeah I I have these things that I call like engagement bait that I'll sprinkle through my videos. So that could be something as simple as like on my microphone, I'll add a little bow to it. Or maybe my dog is in the background like wearing something funny. Or maybe I'm misspelling something or mispronouncing a word and people love to correct. So if you can just subtly sneak in a little piece of engagement bait. I, I mean, the easiest thing to do is just mispronounce something and everyone will be in your comment section being like it's actually Wait, pronounced- is, is okay.
1: that why you said in the other video you yeah. said Cons, means, yeah yeah
0: yeah Oh, i love I, it to i was clear, like, oh. i didn't it, i didn't purposely pr- it mispronounce it i just didn't know how it was pronounced and didn't bother to look it up because i'm like if it's wrong it'll just be a fun little yeah
1: thing. Yeah, yeah okay okay no that's it's so funny because like i, I don't know who would give a crap uh, I, mean, I have a couple friends, like creator friends, like through DMs that like we're like, oh, that's so interesting. But like, like I don't know, like seeing the, f- you know, f- like it's, it's such a thing I just nerd out on. I was like, oh, she said five things, but there's four. I wonder if that, like, I wonder if that was strategic. So is it? So I thought it might have been strategic from a retention point of view, where people are kind of waiting for that fifth one, but it doesn't come, so you get them to watch the whole video.
0: Mm.
1: But you're, but you're saying like, it was your angle is more uh, like the engagement bait is more, Oh, people are going to be like, Oh, there's only, there's only four. Did people say there's only four?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Or people would be like waiting on number five, dot, dot, dot. Like,
1: and, but then that sets you up for a part two.
0: Mhm. Exactly. Exactly. The perfect setup, which I should make that one into a series.
1: Specific knowledge is, is something that I feel like I intuitively understand when Naval Ravikan talks about it. Like I get what he's saying, but I don't know how to explain it to someone else. Like I wouldn't be able to like, if someone was like, Hey, explain to me what specific knowledge is. I I basically, I I think, I I don't know where I would go. All of the things you do, (laughs) like, and your experiences and the lessons that you can apply to your skill. I don't know. Yeah, I I have a
0: good way of of putting it. And I think I I teach on this when, when it comes to deciding like what you're going to post about, but instead of trying to be the best at one thing, all you need to do is be the best, like, I don't know, 10% at three different things or four different things and Mm -hmm. that unique combination of skills nobody else in the world is going to have so i'm not the top one percent of social media managers in the world but i'm you know definitely top 10 in personal branding and definitely top 10 in like on camera speaking and definitely top 10 in like sneaky hooks and you know all of these different things come together so beautifully and strategically rather than trying to stick to one thing because the one thing especially if it's something broad is gonna be really hard to master and be truly like elite in that thing
1: what is your specific knowledge that you are building
0: my specific knowledge i the thing i come back to is personal brand or human-centered social media so just how do we make social media more human and have less boring brand entities that aren't providing any value so Human-centered social media, personal brands is my specific passion um, when it comes to marketing.
1: And I think there's going to be more and more of a need.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, the
1: more you see things being automated, the more you see people just copying. Like, I even, like, I'm obviously a dude. um, So, and, like, I have, like, the nice camera and the nice mic. And, like, I started just seeing everyone just like, I was like, I'm just going to be grouped in with all these other marketing bros <laughs> like like, and like with all their templates. And I'm like, how do I just start? How, like, what is my angle? And I'm still kind of like experimenting. Like, what is my angle? It's like, it's like that mother, that mf right. can't say the same thing as me. <laughs> right. And I think you're good at that.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. And I think it's just throwing out things and seeing what sticks because you're, again, you're numb to your own knowledge. So there may be something, maybe when it comes to like, Production and directing and how that integrates with social media that you're particularly good at that you're like that's obvious Everyone knows that and they really don't know So it's kind of just testing out all of these different things and seeing what works the best because you're you aren't gonna necessarily know what that is Like your audience is telling you again I didn't set out to write problematic career cheat codes and write about career tips because I thought they were obvious But turns out like that's what my audience really finds value in
1: it's so funny. I came on the show. I was like, "We're gonna have a 20 minute episode. <laughs> we're, going, we're going, on." Uh, uh, but like, what is like a tip for? Because your delivery, your on camera delivery, is strong. Is there something you're thinking about, like as your actual, like practically, like you're saying the words? Is there like a anything? Um, I've heard people doing like a, like a sigh before they go on to kind of like you know even out their tonality. Is there anything that you do to kind of just? Um, just get that confident delivery going.
0: Yeah. I think one thing I do that helps is I put on 10 minute record, like where you can click 60 seconds or 10 minutes, 10 minutes, and just talk all the way through and cut it down. Oh. Yeah. So I don't do takes and I think it's really natural because if I mess up, I'm just like blah, 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 blah. And then and you keep whatever. flowing and I keep flowing. And I, I, I try to think that I'm talking to a friend. So like if I had a friend here, I was trying to explain them something, like how would I explain that, that to them? Um, I also have a great tip from a speaker that told me to try to emphasize or like pronounce every end of the word, like think of the end of the word and make sure you're pronouncing that. I don't always do that because people will comment on my speech, but, (laughs) um, yeah, I just talking all the way through, but also I, I, have reality show training background so that i think that makes it easier
1: that does show up i can yeah. see it but no that's a great point because it's like i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna call out an analogy here so it's like if you're playing like a like a professional basketball game you got the referees blowing the whistle you're starting and stopping you never really getting like flow right but if you're just playing street ball with your boys you're having fun you're playing loose like that's what you're doing when you're just recording for 10 minutes straight and then you can just take the bits and the parts that are like you, you just say, oh yeah, I'm th- th- I am I delivered that one the best and you, you trim all the rest.
0: Absolutely. I think too, again, back to your your juice shop example, if you just get an idea or you're really mad about something or you're really passionate about something and you're like in kind of an emotional state, that's a good time to record too. I have someone that's going through my TikTok course right now and she called me. Hmm?
1: plug it. plug oh, the course. yeah, Well,
0: it's actually already, you can't sign up anymore, but you can sign up for the waiting list for the next one. But, um, yeah, okay. I, I have a, a TikTok course, um, the cohort that I'm teaching, but one of the girls, uh, really cares about, she's really passionate about inclusivity in brand advertising and her videos just take off because she says she waits until she sees an ad that makes her really angry because they're doing something that she doesn't like you know think mm. is okay or good and and she like uses that anger to have a really good delivery of like fuck equinox i can't believe they're doing this this and this <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, man, it works so good so if you can find an emotional state like lean into that
1: okay and, and one more B- uh how do you feel about w- with your content are you batch recording anything so you, you you sit down for 10 minutes are you doing that for like three or four videos straight or are you just kind of sporadic like hey i know i'm going to get the content up this week or is there like a a a, a rhyme to the reason behind like when and how you're recording
0: well i would like to batch record more and i would like to become more consistent but if i record one video i at least record two because i already have my phone set up i already have a mic i'm already like you know in a certain spot so i at least record two and i will usually just leave the other one in my drafts and even if something is bad i'm like that was a bad take that was stupid whatever i'll still leave it in my drafts because if one day maybe i'm out and about i don't want to sit down and record but I'll just go on my phone, look through my drafts, and be like, oh, I don't know why I thought that video sucked. Like, that was actually yep. pretty good. I'll, I'll publish it. Or oh, I have these, like, things that are kind of half-baked ideas. So, yeah, I think it's great if you can try to record two things, at least two things every time, and at least keep it in your drafts because that might come back and be a really great video.
1: That's a great quote. If I record one, I'm going to record two. Like, I might as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, How do you word that? Like, I like that. That's a good because you're right, you had the camera set up already, and sometimes like your headspace in that moment doesn't really get down with how you delivered it. But later, you're like, oh, like there's nothing wrong with that video. I'll use that.
0: Exactly, exactly.
1: All right, Courtney, yo, this was awesome. A uh, lot of sound bites from this episode. Where can we go watch more of your content?
0: You can find me on TikTok at Courtney Period Period Johnson, um, and on Instagram, Courtlyn Johnson. That's Court L Y N N Johnson. Oh. I didn't
1: ask, ask. I wanted to ask about Instagram. Okay, ask me, uh,
0: ask me about Instagram. Okay, okay,
1: are you just it, like when you consider like what your home base is? Is it like for short form content? Is it TikTok first, and then you take those and then you post to Instagram? And and yeah, then how are you kind of thinking about Instagram versus? TikTok when it comes to posting.
0: Yeah, someone reached out to me and pitched me like, hey, I'll run your Instagram for you. Just let me save down all your videos. I'll optimize them for Instagram and publish them. And I was like, all right. So I've been doing it for like two months. Let's go! She, she does it for me. I don't do it. I don't even touch it. So I don't know what she's doing, but whatever she's doing is working because I've like doubled my followers. Um, on so it's it-
1: very much TikTok first and TikTok then the first. content goes up on Instagram.
0: And my content goes up on YouTube shorts too. Um, and it's interesting because that also serves as a litmus test because some things are really hitting right now on Instagram that didn't even take off on TikTok, and I'm like, oh, maybe I'll re-record that in a different way for TikTok. Uh,
1: oh, interesting. It's, any, it's any all a tip- cycle. <laughs> any tidbits about about Instagram?
0: Oh, uh, Instagram. Or, 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 or
1: your, your your girl, like you're like kind of like I don't really know. It's just no, I mean. It's working. It-
0: yeah, she's she has her tips and tricks. I really honestly don't know, but I my still my main platform, even though my biggest audience is TikTok, my main platform where I make the most money off of is LinkedIn. And so I encourage everyone to start posting on LinkedIn because it's just it's so boring and it's so unsexy that if you can have like an iota of personality, you're gonna get clients from yep. it in whatever freelance thing you do. So everyone go on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is definitely my main driver by revenue.
1: Yeah. And then based on your example, it forces you to write, it forces you to organize and clarify your ideas, and it also allows you to test and see which ideas are connecting with people where you can then turn those thoughts that you've clarified already into short-form videos. and
0: Absolutely. And you,
1: you, you'll, you'll be sitting pretty. <laughs> Um, so Courtney, thanks again. Uh, did I cut you off when you were promoting? Stuff oh, no, said- that's
0: okay. Yeah. If you just click my bio links and any of my socials, you'll find all of my stuff. I have a ton of free resources. I have a newsletter. I do cohorts every few months. So yeah, come hang out with me.
1: Amazing. Cool. Thanks so much, Courtney.
0: Awesome. Great chatting, Tom. Thank you for having me.